dealing with overwhelm and dealing with chaos, controlled chaos, especially when you're 18, 19 years old and anyone who's done anything a part of the summer management, you know that, especially that first year or so, like you're part of every part of your business, right? From training to maybe sometimes doing some painting to door knocking to strategy. Like your mind is everywhere, especially building relationships with your clients and in your postal area. And so I remember feeling more on one occasion, just completely overwhelmed, mm-hmm. completely not knowing, like just frozen, whether it's, you call it fear, just you feel like I signed up, you know, like you have all those doubts that you run through and you go, maybe, maybe I jumped the gun here. Maybe I'm not ready. Maybe I can't do this. Maybe yes. I'm not as strong as I think I am. So I think for me, it was a great taste and a great experience of going through all those things and still being able to come out on the other side of it and saying like, oh, wow, like I was able to actually not just overcome that, but on top of that, we finished the job on time. On top of that, we were able to get some new customers. Like you almost exceeded your own expectations of yourself. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Really excited about having Jay Wong of The Interchange Maker on our podcast this afternoon. Jay was instrumental in launching this podcast and has provided incredible support and value in helping create what we've created here. Jay was also an amazing alumnus of our program, has come out and spoken at all sorts of our events over the years and has really, really developed an incredible business that's providing real value in the marketplace. One of the, the real things that Jay talks about is how to provide or choosing legacy over currency. There are too many great ideas that he shared in the last hour to sort of mention in this short introduction. Please listen to the podcast. I know you're going to really love it. And again, thank you so much for tuning in, leaders and hope this provides the value that I think it will uh, this afternoon. All the best. I am super excited to welcome Jay Wong of The Interchange Maker uh, who, into our program. So just, just for a little background, Jay has been an alumnus of our program. And most importantly, well, not most importantly, all sorts of importantlies about Jay. But Jay has been unbelievably transformational in helping us bring this podcast into being. Okay. So he led us, he helped create it. He helped be a mentor in terms of what he was doing. I know it caught my eye. I'm a big avid podcast listener. And so seeing what Jay was doing uh, excited me. And I'm a huge believer that if you don't know what you're doing, then it's always great to have a coach. Okay. I'm a coach, you, you know, it's great, you know, get a coach and Jay's a fantastic coach. So first of all, just to start, Thank you, Jay, for helping us make this podcast a reality. Yeah, well, I appreciate being here so much. It's, there's a lot of uh, full circles, right, that, that kind of came about, which I'm sure we're going to touch on. But uh, it's super exciting to, to know that you guys have this show now and yeah. that you're profiling so many of the different interesting, successful you know, mindsets and individuals that have come through your program. It's really kind of a, a nudge to see the impact that you guys have created. 
Yeah, well, thanks so much. And uh, and again, I feel, I feel again, I love your podcast. And for just for a plug for our young leaders, you know, go tune into the Interchange Maker. Uh, Jay's high up there on iTunes and is on all the various carriers. So you could go listen to, to, to Jay on, on the Interchange Maker. He's come readily and often to speak to our, our, our leaders at our training. And has always been, every time he's gone, he's been our highest rated speaker. So I can't recommend uh, Jay enough you'll love what he has to say and also what he's how he's sharing it just who he is as a person so uh so jay tell me what it was like before you joined our program you know being jay wong and and what what that was like <laughs> you know uh chris i think it's a great question i was recently on a podcast and they asked me um, something similar. They said, you know, Jay, we listen to your podcast, great energy. We can hear it coming from, you know, your voice. We know nothing yeah. about you. Were you always <laughs> like this, right? Were, were you like this in high school? You know, right. were you like this growing up? Were, were you know, were, were you this inner change maker type of person? And the answer was, was no. I think my, you know, growing up before, especially before student works, I, like a lot of people that are young, 17, 18, I didn't have the the entrepreneurial story of running, you know, lemonade stands and, and trading right. baseball cards. But, you know, I, I was trying to figure out who I was. I was trying to figure out, you know, where I kind of fit in. I was trying to fit in a lot in, in high school. Um, right. My family moved around a lot. But one of the things that really struck a chord with me, especially when I was growing up, I don't even know if we've ever had this discussion or even no, talked we about haven't. it. But, uh, you know, my family, they they were entrepreneurs themselves. Now, they didn't approach entrepreneurship the same way that I think we now look at entrepreneurship, you know, as in creating freedom, creating impact. They did it out of necessity. For sure. Like immigrant mindset, came over here 30 years old, right? Gave up their life in China and Hong Kong. And they did it in hopes of creating a better future for my brother and I, my younger brother and I. And, you know, to this day, right, I still don't understand really how they did it. You know, sure. because it, they didn't really speak the language, you know, yeah. when they landed and they, they started working, they started working jobs and then they, they saved up an amount, uh, you know, some money, they bought a house, right? The first business that they ran, really successful business, they, they did convenience stores in yes. Toronto back in the early 90s, right? Yes. This is before the time of 7-Elevens. Yes, yeah. And Circle so, K. And, yeah. It, it, circle, exactly. So, you know, that was a really successful business. But um, long story short, they ended up running, uh, they transitioned to a new business, a Chinese restaurant, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that ended up actually putting both of them into bankruptcy. And so I, I watched this when I was 16 years old. And it's not like we came from a lot of money. Like even when they no. were successful, we were barely in the middle class, you know, if, yes. if we called it that. And um, after that happened, you know, with closed down restaurants and everybody's, you know, hyper emotional, you know, our family doesn't know what's going on. I, that's where I was when this happened when I was about 16 years old, right. you know. And so I was, I, I would say before Student Works, I was on a search in, in some right. part to figure out how could I get better? I don't know if I could have helped my family. I don't know. I didn't have any type of knowledge. I didn't know if I could have done more, but I think anytime we see anybody that we love um, and we see, especially family members and and people that have sacrificed for ourselves, we feel in a lot of ways that maybe we should find a way to give back. You know what I mean? Maybe we should find a way of contributing. Right. And I went to business school because I didn't know if there was anything I could do. Maybe I can learn business. And if this was to ever happen down the line, Maybe I could rely on this business knowledge that, you know, right. from, from business school. 
And that's actually kind of how I discovered you guys, right? As right. you know, your strategy of going in the classrooms and, and, and being in the business schools. Um, I remember the person in the front of the room just said, hey, do you want to make more money than you know everybody else, all, all your other friends this summer? And wow. on top of that, do you want to learn the skills necessary to be able to create your own freedom? Your own right. life. I, I didn't even know what it was, Chris. I said, sign me up. I'll be the first person to write my name, my number, my email. Let me know. Let me come to the next thing, right? And, and that's really how my whole journey of student work started. Well, that's great. Can you remember any frustrations that you had about your life or about, you know, situations about your plight before your program outside of the, some of the family dynamics that obviously were very, very, you know, challenging to, to say the least? Yeah. Um- so you mean concerning like before? Yeah, biggest frustration as a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think just not knowing what you stand for. I guess for me, that was like a big thing. Like I, I knew I wanted to stand up for something. All right. I wanted right. to speak on something. And, and even before then, like in high school and growing up, tons of hints and tons of people were telling me like, hey, you know, you have a real gift, you know, in communication, you have a real gift. Yes. and you know, percent, you know, uh, salesmanship or, you know, yeah. leadership, like they would drop like little hints. Right. Right. So I, I kind of had like bits and pieces of like the puzzle, but mm-hmm. I had no idea how to put it together. I had no idea how to actually go out to the marketplace, like create any value. Right. right? I didn't even understand the game of sales. I feel like I had like some raw materials, you know what I mean? But it was frustrating because I knew I could go out and, and when I would see or hear successful, you know, case studies or stories, and they do this a lot in business school, right? They really want to prime you to like, you know, go in and, and be the, the VP of a company or, or yeah. look at this really successful entrepreneur. Every time I heard stories, like I was hyper motivated, I was inspired, but I was really frustrated because I didn't know, I didn't know what I could do. Right. Right. Like I didn't know where I I could really stand. I could felt like I was protected in in some ways, even even though I had all this family stuff going on. um, It wasn't like my business went bankrupt. For sure. And so, like, even though I was close, it was never like it was my full responsibility on myself. That was for sure. Even looking back, like I could tell, like I was frustrated. So I didn't know where to channel my focus. Right. I didn't know where to channel my energy. I didn't know where to, how to be able to, to do some of those things. Um, and, and then, you know, going through the experience itself, like that helped me in being able to just even realize what to focus on. Yeah, that's really neat. And I think one thing, anybody who gets to know you, Jay, gets to know what you stand for, right? And gets to yeah. know, you know, you've got a philosophy, you've got a commitment, you've got a focus. And it's great, you know, being around people like that. And so just just that excitement, that energy, you know, being able to actually create a philosophy of your life is really powerful and actually be something for somebody and even broader, because obviously we will be sons or daughters or family members or brothers or sisters for people, but actually even again, stake in the ground, here's who we are, you know, like you're about being an interchange maker. What we're committed to is more important than money right? We're about creating leaders. It's really, really awesome. And I'm, I'm really glad that's something that you, again, you stand out for. I wanted our young leaders now just listening to our podcast to go, okay, that's what I'm listening to in Jay. Okay. Because a lot of times, again, people don't have that, right? They aren't about that. It's, it, you know, and again, you obviously don't have to be about that, but mm-hmm. to me, that's, that's where great things really get created in the world. You know, Chris, and, and this is one of the things I love every time we have a conversation, right? Because it just really builds and builds and builds and, and just the momentum created from it. But I think one of the things, too, that 
um, you, you know, your question really made me think about just now is I didn't know myself, right? Yes. Like I didn't know, I didn't, this is before any of the, the Myers-Briggs or, yes. disc, you know what I mean? The, the disc models and, and the Kobe indexes. So yeah. I, it was a problem in self-awareness. Right. right. Like it was a problem. Like you had this problem. You had this type almost anxiety, but like, you know, you want to, you're craving momentum, you're craving action, but right. you don't, like, you don't understand why everybody else around you is not like that or why you're right. like, right. And you notice it, but you don't really understand. You don't have the vocabulary, you know, yeah. you don't have the context to, to put it in the right context. So you feel like there's something wrong with you. Yes. Right. And I think this happens a lot with ambitious young leaders, like people that are just hungry right? Yeah. And they just want to go for it, but they don't understand why everybody around them is so relaxed, right? Yes. And they're so, or they seem just like so type of like laissez-faire and, yeah. and it's okay and it's accepted, right? Yes. It's wildly accepted, you know? Yes. And so I think that's where I was and, and these, were these frustrations because I wanted to move. I wanted to do something, right? Like I wanted to have that, where do I focus on it on? And, and here's the thing, if you don't have that target, you know what I mean? I was focusing yeah. it on trying to talk with tons of girls and, and females and make <laughs> friends and, and networking and partying and drinking, right? Yeah. Like that's where my focus went because I didn't know what else there was, yes. you know? And that in itself was really frustrating, especially if you're that true like entrepreneur, you yeah. know, like it's kind of crazy because you do what society tells you is right. And yet you feel so out of place doing it, you know? Yeah. I love to share, you know, the, the people in our program and I hope listening to our podcast are just, it's like, we've got this big engine, where are we going to use it? Right. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like, Hey, I, what can I dig into? What can excite me? What can motivate me? Like, and just like, all right, where can I sink my teeth into? And you also mentioned self-awareness. I think that's so important is understanding really again, Hey, I'm different. And again, who, whoever people are wonderful. Awesome. Just be who you are. That's the best way that you can go and help in your world. Right. But it's like, Hey, this is who I am. Let's go and have a powerful life. Let's, you know, again, I'm going to wake up early, stay up late, go, go create stuff just because that's, that excites me. And again, I I'm connected and people are listening to them on our podcast <laughs> about people who are the same way and just excited by it. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I was so. saying crazies attract other crazies. And uh, I always use that as like a qualifier disqualifier, you know, yes. because like the crazies and those are the ones that are listening, they have the exact same reaction that you just did, Chris. They're like, <laughs> I love it. I, yes. Like they resonate right away because they know I'm not calling them crazy, yeah. right? but they, they kind of are. And, and like, they yeah. love it. Oh. Right. And then people at parties that are like, Hey, I'm not crazy. What, what are you saying? Are you, am I crazy? I'm like, it's okay. We, we don't need to, uh, you know, like yeah. I, I already know everything I need to know. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's right. There's no connection there. So, yeah, exactly. So, so, Jay, what do you still rely on from the program and the things that you learned as an 18, 19 year old in our program? You know, going through, and I'm sure you guys have had so many variations, right? Mm -hmm. Especially even through the podcast and listening to some of the guests that have mm -hmm. been on and, and what they went off to do. There's probably so many variations in terms of what people have been able to take away and right. also how they viewed the experience of working at the summer management program, right? Um, but for me, probably the first one that comes to mind is dealing with overwhelm and dealing with chaos, right? Controlled chaos, you know, especially when you're 18, 19 years old and anyone who's done anything a part of the summer management, you know that you're a part of every, especially that, that first year or so, like you're part yeah. of every part of your business, right? From Absolutely. training, 
to maybe sometimes doing some painting, right? Yeah. To door knocking, to strategy, to, right? Like your mind is everywhere, especially building relationships with your, your clients and in your postal area. And so right. I remember feeling more than on one, more on one occasion, just completely overwhelmed, mm-hmm. completely not knowing, like just frozen, whether it's, you call it fear, Right? right. Whether you call it just like, just, you feel like maybe I, I signed up, like, you know, like you have all those doubts that you run through and you go, maybe, maybe I jumped the gun here. Right. Maybe I'm not ready. You know, yes. maybe, maybe I can't do this. Maybe yes. I'm not as strong as I think I am. So I think for me, it was a great taste and a great experience of going through all those things. Right. And still being able to come out on the other side of it and saying like, oh, wow, like I was able to actually not just overcome that. Right. But on top of that, we finished the job on time. On top of that, we were able to get some new customers on top of that. Right. Like you almost exceeded your own expectations of yourself. Right. And so that, that was a huge, huge takeaway for me because it almost built this mindset of like, you know what, there's nothing I can't do. Right. Right. There's nothing I can't just break down into steps and chunks and, and be able to go at it every single day on a consistent manner. I'm going to be successful down the line. Right. And so it just built that belief. And I just remember that, that even that summer coming back and maybe I'm jumping ahead here, but I just remember going through that experience, coming back to business school, it seemed like life school, everything was just on easy mode. You know, it was kind of like playing the video game with cheat codes. And I'm like, are are people in business? Like I'm assuming it speeds up. You know, I was only in second year, you know, I was like, I'm probably sure it's going to get faster and what have you, but actually it gets a little slower. You know, like actually it doesn't really increase that much in speed. And so I learned that revelation like very, very early on and just being able to manage and, and be willing to deal with overwhelm, to be, to be in situations that you don't know what to do. That makes a world of difference for, for me, for sure. Yeah. And I think that's a common experience. It's when we jump out of our comfort zone and we go into overwhelm and we, it's kind of like the training effect. And then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, I can handle this. And then, like you said, it's like, I got that. I got that. And you're right. That core confidence that no matter what happens, I can just keep figuring out, keep figuring out, keep figuring out, you know? And so, you know, walk us through like early career. What did it look like for Jay, you know, graduating from business school? You know, what did you choose to go do? You know, why don't you walk us through that? Sure. So actually the first event, so, you know, after that experience, I'm always a guy, like I still to this day believe in the word choice, choosing the types of people we're in conversation with, choosing the type of business, the life that we want. Right. And for me, I was really big on experiences, you know, and I wanted to experience just because, you know, growing up, we didn't have too much. I was like, Hey, I want to travel different parts of the world. I want to feel what it feels like to work for like a fortune 500 company, feel what it work, you know, feels like to work with a small company, maybe in the government. So I didn't know what I was saying at the time. Right. (laughs) You know, people are saying like, this is a great gig. I want to see what that's like. Right. Internship over here. I want to feel what that's like. Well, it's a little more corporate. You know what I mean? You got a three piece suit every day. Okay. Like I want to know what that grind is like. Right. Right. And so for me, I went through, I did like, you know, internships at different fortune 500 companies. Um, I ended up with this internet company. They were the largest online directory in the city of Ottawa, where I went to business school at that time. And so we were competing with yellow pages and and some of these, you know, world recognized names, but we were really selling to local, small, medium, you know, businesses here in terms of where to position their business online. And I remember that experience immediately got me hooked to kind of like the online marketing world, the, you know, the, the speed of the internet, you know what I mean? 
And um, I would say the salesmanship that I learned from student management, you know, the student works painting, the summer management program, like that right. helped tremendously make, you know, almost like it gave me that boost. And people were like, oh, you have this like God-given talent, you know, in, in sales. And it's like, no, like it's about the sales, right? It's just, <laughs> exactly. lesson, right? I, just yeah. I just happened to go through the first few chapters and a little more experience. And that just happened to be it, but people couldn't believe it, right? right. Because I look so young, <laughs> even back then, right? And, yes. and so for me, I ended up partnering with one of the partners of that online uh, marketing company. And we went off and we started our own thing, right? And oh. It was actually in the, in the health space. And so it was a directory essentially for health businesses. And so long story short, it didn't really pan out. You know, we, we did it for almost a year, took some OSAP money, you know, that became right. kind of like our seed <laughs> money and like we're building up kind of like the company in the, that way. And without going into massive details, my partner and I, we were just in different stages of our life. That year, uh, I think leading up to that year, he, he, was a, he got engaged, okay. got married a few months later, started For having sure. his first baby. So like just different, you know what I mean? Like same type of vision, but different approach, right? Yes. And just different phases of life, nothing wrong with it. But that really gave me that huge type of feeling like, oh man, like, you know, I thought, you know, coming out 20, 21 year old, you feel like, oh my God, like I could do anything in the world, right? And coming right. up, that really, that experience really humbled me. And I remember I decided I'm going to come back to Toronto. And this is one of the other beautiful things of the summer management program is that you build such great relationships, right? With other successful overachievers, high performers, other crazies, you know? Right. So I, re I reached out to, to one and only Chris Thompson. I remember, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this back in the day, but I reached out to you and a couple other individuals in my own network and was trying to figure out what are some good next steps, right. right? And I remember it was that relationship that you introduced me to a person at the strategic coach, which for people that are listening, if you don't have any context to, to this strategic coach, they're seen as almost like the Harvard of, and Yale of successful entrepreneurs. I, I think, Chris, you, you spent a few uh, years. In yeah, I think, I, I think it was five years in the program and my partner spent a year as well. Just amazing learning. You know, it's just transformational. Yeah. And so they, they do coaching and training for high net worth individuals and, and entrepreneurs, right? And I was the youngest person when I was at that company. I think I was 22 years old, that, you know, yeah. first day I'd come in a three-piece suit because I thought that was the right thing to do, to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so everybody's like, why are, you, why are you so overdressed? You know what I mean? I'm sitting, <laughs> I was sitting in the back of these workshops and Chris, I know you've been there where people have invested, you know, 10, 20, $25,000 just to be in the room. Yes. Right. And I remember thinking, and these were some industry transformers, like people that are already hyper seven, eight, nine figure businesses that are sitting in the room, super casual. Right. And one of the things that I, I took away, even from that first day was like, they're not just talking about how to grow their business. They're talking about how to grow their impact. And so just being in the back of the room, I remember just trying to soak in as much of this knowledge, watching the internal type of like how they put the company together, you know what I mean? From how they use online marketing to how they did yeah. the workshops to some of the strategies and, and frameworks that Dan Sullivan came up with. And, and I got a chance to build a relationship with Dan. And, you know, I, I always attribute, he was one of my first mentors, in, especially in this space. Yeah, that, that was kind of like the experience right after uh, university. And then those are some of the next steps. And he's a podcaster too. He's got three or four podcasts going as well. Every single time I run into anybody who knows Dan or any team members of his, they're like, oh, have you heard Dan has a new podcast? Dan is doing one like internal for, for our team now. I think they've always been very strong in, in the podcasting 
game. I think Dan always had that foresight of like, you know what, audio, voice, yes. we're going to keep, we're going to leverage the power of ongoing conversation, you know what I mean? And be able to get in, in, in front of the right people. And the, the cool thing is, is, is a way is give it away for free, right? Like that's what he's doing, yeah. giving away all this knowledge, these great, these great ways, you know, again, to increase his impact. And then obviously then, hey, a lot of uh, obviously high impact, high net worth people come and join and say, no, I want the, the extra value and I'm willing to pay for it. So, so it's, a great, it's a great way of thinking. But for our young leaders... You know, again, you can go on, you know, search uh, Dan Sullivan, and he's got a number of podcasts. Some of them, that, you know, will really interest you. One, one that I love is Peter Diamandis. Uh, uh, yes, wrote wrote Abundance, and uh, yeah. he's just fascinating. Talks about all the amazing things happening in the world, rather than all the bad things happening in the world. And so he and Dan talk regularly and share about the amazing breakthroughs going on in the world and how they're all moving together at an incredible rate of growth and success. Uh, and again, if we read the paper, it looks like we're all just, you know, going to have more and more problems, which of course we will have more problems, but right. there's, there's all sorts of successes on the way. So, uh, no, that's great. I'm so, you know, he's, he's just such a great teacher and coach. And, and so one of the things that interests me, uh, you know, Jay, is before we get into you launching your business, yeah. um, what have you done to keep learning? Because obviously you were part of a learning workshop. You're part of a learning organization with us. What have you done to keep your learning? Because I know that's something as being a, you know, putting out your own knowledge on a regular basis, you must be doing, doing yeah. you know, learning. Well, this is where I think the game of podcasting is, or even having a podcast is Mm -hmm. the ultimate life hack. You know, I I talk, we talk a lot about like, how do we use it? How do we generate leads from it? Right. How do we build our email list, our brand, our authority? People hear that and they go, I'm in, right. I get Mm -hmm. it. Right. But from a different perspective, and, and it, just to give everyone some context, when I left strategic coach and kind of went on my own, what I call like my quarter life crisis, you know, and, <laughs> and I went through a, a rebuilding phase of just who I was and, and what, I, what is it that I believe in. Right. And when I started the podcast, that was one of the big things of saying like, hey, I'm already, I find myself having these great conversations where I'm taking away so many insights and, and I get a chance to be plugged into some of these individuals. I might as well record it to one, be able to record my own breakthroughs, even right. from a selfish department, like it's just a, just a, my own personal development, you right. know, of being in these conversations of trying to pull the best nuggets of wisdom from, from some of these individuals that I was talking to, but two, could I also promote their message, right? Could right. I help them on their mission of getting their message out there? And I felt like I learned so much and like, I was able to kind of cut the learning curve a lot because we started interview the, the topic of our show was this idea of choosing legacy over currency, yeah. right? And people, when they hear they go, wow, like legacy, like choose. And I was like, look, I was, I think I was 25 years old when I started the podcast. I was like, right. look, I'll be honest with you guys. I don't know the answer, right? right. I have no idea what the answer is, but this is what we're here to find out. This right. is what we're going to be on the same mission. We're just going to be learning. I'm just leading the conversation, right? right? And there's different ways where people submit their questions and kind of be along for the journey. And so that podcast, like my podcast, especially in the first like year and a half, two years, it was, I was almost more selfish than anything else of just saying, hey, I want to have a platform so that I could go out and interview and, and learn from whoever it is that I want to associate with, right? right? Whoever it is that their work online or offline has already made an impact for me. 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I got to reach out to some of the, uh, you know, favorite authors of mine, right? right. So I, instead of like reading that, I remember this happened with Greg McEwen. He was the author of the book, Essentialism. Essentialism, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I'm driving, right, somewhere in uh, around Toronto. We're going up, uh, uptown. So I, I was going to be there for a couple hours, right? And I remember just listening to his audio, to his audio book, right? We're stuck in traffic, what have you. And the thought hit my mind of, you know, my platform's big enough now where I could reach out to Greg McEwen. And right. instead of just saying like, wow, this is a great book. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let me leave him a five-star review. I can actually promote Greg. Right. right. I could share his knowledge with, with my audience. But on top of that, I could actually connect to Greg. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I did that so many times with so many different influential authors, uh, millionaires, even a few billionaires. billionaires I remember. Right. Yeah. And so like to get a chance to spend an hour with a billionaire, I don't know if there's like a right. Like, I don't know what the yeah. rate would be right, yes. for that. But when I especially when I was just starting out in, in like putting together my business, those conversations helped me so much, you know, and I'm so grateful in a lot of ways to have that platform to have built that podcast, because that was like the secret sauce, right? right. It was that every other week I was engaged in these conversations that I didn't want to disappoint them on these conversations. You know what For I mean? Sure. And I didn't, I didn't, I wanted to come with my A-game. Yes. You know I mean? And so it put me into a state where I was not just consuming content, but I had to take it and be able to come up with some great articulate questions so that I can almost like hold my own, right? Now, yeah. some of the conversations, that just didn't happen. You know, right. I, I'd introduce the person, <laughs> half an hour later, I'm like, okay, well, I appreciate you guys listening. <laughs> but that, once again, it goes back to what we're talking about. It's all part of that process, right? Of right. putting yourself out there, putting yourself out there, learning, consuming content, putting into practice, right? And just doing yeah. that on repeat. And so that's, that's really what you guys are hearing sometimes. And when people hear me speak or, or right. whatever, you're not even listening to me. You're listening to like parts and pieces of the last thousand conversations I've had. For sure. You know, with Chris yeah. Thompson, with yeah. the other billionaires, right? Yeah. And so you're hearing all of that come out. And so that's where people get, was like, wow, like it really just comes down to who are the last thousand conversations you had? You know, you, you went deep in. Those are the pieces that, that's going to come out and it's going to stake kind of like with your brand and, and with who you are. Are you enjoying the episode so far? I'm sure you've heard the saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I've always thought that saying was inaccurate. I believe more accurately, it's who you know who think highly of you and would be willing to refer you. I want to let you know, I put together an amazing package for you. The four referability habits advantage. These habits are so powerful that when followed, they completely change the game for people and allow them to operate on a whole other level. If you're interested in getting your hands on the four referability habits advantage, just jump over to www.leaderspodcast.ca slash habits and download it for free. These habits will help you gain the respect of everyone you deal with so that you can land those important referrals in your life and business. Once again, just go to www.leaderspodcast.ca and download the Four Referability Habits Advantage. Now, back to our Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Yeah, and, and we really are impacted by the people we spend the most time with. So, so one of the great things that you're doing, Jay, is, is that you're basically making a real commitment to spend time with people who are choosing 
legacy over currency, people who are really making a difference in the world, who really want to, to make a, a real impact, you know? Yeah. So I know early on, just again, you know, obviously we're friends, you know, just to, you know, people I'm sure pick that up. Obviously we've been together a long time. We've, we've been connected over the years. So I know for a period of time, you, you were making strides, right? You were learning, you were developing, yeah. you were speaking, but there wasn't a whole lot of currency. And currency does matter because ultimately yes. currency funds, you know, funds your, yes. your life, you know, so you eventually, like you said, your friend, your first partner had to get out of the business because he needed to feed his kids, yeah. you know, or his young 100%. child and need to participate and pay rent and heat. And so I know recently your business has really gone to that next level. What have you done to really monetize your business and create more value for your clients. What have you done, Jay? Because I know a lot of people look at this whole internet world and I know I'm one of them and go, how the heck does it all work? How right. do you make money doing this? Like we make money painting houses. That's what we right. do. <laughs> <laughs> our services. But, but yeah, what are, you, what are you doing, Jay? <laughs> so, okay. I think the key here, and this is such a brilliant question, Chris, because I think there is a bit of like a miscommunication or uh, especially if you say things like, oh, choose legacy over currency. And you have all these people coming out of university young and they're like, I want to go change the world. Right. right. We have the best technology. We're living in the best time. It's the best time to be alive. It's For the sure. best time to start a business. Right. Like there's so many of these best. And, and, and when you get kind of into that, right? Optimistically, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, it's like, we want to go out, we want to make a big shift in the world. We want to be the Uber, the next Uber, we want to be the Uber of this, right? But the biggest thing I learned from transitioning from startup, like living in my parents' living room and like (laughs) pitching them on my vision and they would be like, okay, buddy, go, please go get a job. Like you're scaring us, right? Like, I was like, no, 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 give me a little more time, right? But um, this is all true. Because I think like young people can really relate with this because I was only there like a few short years ago, really wasn't that long. And to transition from there, now we're making very consistently 20, 25, 30,000 every single month, right? And it's building. And you're right, even in the last 12, 18 months, that that transition started happening. And the biggest reason for it, and and I want people to really understand this, so I'm going to say it a couple of times in a couple of different ways, okay? You have to listen to your audience and you have to figure out what is it that they actually want to learn and engage with you on? Right. It does not mean, I think I'm really great at A, so I'm going to go out to the marketplace and push A, right? right. I'm really good at A. I'm talented in A. I won in the world. Like, no, 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 no. That, you did not hear me. Right. Did you ask your audience, the 50, even if there's 50 people in your, in your little network right there, yeah. in, your, in your audience that you're building, what is it? What topics do you guys want to hear about? What do you yeah. want to engage about? What are the problems that you're going through, right? And Chris, I, you know, my business, the way that we've built it and the way that we're going to continue to build it is truly just by listening to our audience and simply giving to them what is it that they asked us to deliver, right? And so when I started the podcast, it's not like I just told you why I started the podcast, almost selfishly, right? right? Yes. I had zero intention at that time or even knowledge of saying, hey, I want to go out and train businesses, business owners, thought leaders on how to be able to have their own show, right? right? But after doing this for the first six months and first eight months, people started reaching out to me and saying, hey, I see what you're doing, right? And I like it. And I think we could really use it, right? right? Could you help us do this? What are the ways that you could help us in doing this? Is it one-on-one consulting? Do you have a group coaching program? 
Do you have a membership that I can plug into? In fact, do you have an agency that could just do all the heavy lifting for us? Like we we chose. (laughs) (laughs) It's truly just about listening, right? Right. And the first time I'll I'll share with everybody, the first type of like, almost like the first interaction, the first sale, because I think that in itself will explain a lot. You know, I, I got an invitation to speak at a podcasting conference, right? When oh, we launched, okay. we were the, the number one, you know, back in 2015, launching a podcast was a little different than what it is in 2018, 2019, 2020, right? Because there was just less people out there, right? Yeah. It was just, it's kind of like if you did email marketing back in the early 1990s, you know what right. I mean? Like it was just different than what it is now, right? And so 100%. we were the number one self-help podcast in Canada right? We were the number one like business podcast for like a couple of weeks. And then we became the trending on, uh, in, in terms of the US iTunes stores. And so I got invited from that, I got invited to speak on some, on a podcasting panel. Right. Wow. And so it was like, you know, Chris, it is like 10 minutes, maybe 10 yeah. minutes. Right. They're like, you know, we're, we're not paying for anything. Right. So you're gonna have to pay your way to, it, it was in, in Tampa, Florida. Right. So it was like, like I'm from Toronto hometown originally. So like you have to fly down, uh, yeah. We're not paying for your hotel, so you're going to have to find a way to sort that out, right? And we're going to give you about 10 minutes, and you can use the slides. You can use right. the projector. You know what right. I mean? And I'm like, I'm in. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, I used, used all my credit card visa points to get the flight, yeah. right? Yeah. And, um, you know, I stayed in, like, an Airbnb, like, you know, ended up, like, in, like, a like shared room type of situation. Like, it's not, right. it's not pretty by any means, right? Ended up most days walking, you know, to the hotel and to the conference. You know, right. it was about 10, 15 minutes. So it wasn't too far. And I remember just on that panel, I, I see this is like how clueless I was, but how important it is to take action, right? How important it is to put yourself out there. I didn't know how, what to say on the panel, right? Like I didn't have like a framework. I didn't, sure. like I was a panel. So I'm like sharing it with like two, three other people. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go out there and I'm just going to show them the emails that I did. And I'm just going to show them the step-by-step. And I'm just going to condense it in five, six minutes. And then if they have any, you know, I'll just see how it plays out. Right. Sure. I didn't know that there was a thing where you're supposed to like pitch the big idea. And then like, they're supposed to buy your course for the step. I just went all in. Right. You know, if you're the audience, I'm like, okay, so you guys want to know how to launch. So very simple. First step. This is what you did. This is the email I sent. This is what you create. Okay. It's cool. Yeah. Follow right. Second step. It's like this is the email, like highlighted. You know, like just literally showing them every single step, every single thing in the process. Right. People at the end of the panel were like, "Oh my god!" Like that was a crazy five minutes. Like their minds were blown from right. that. And I was like, I didn't even know if it was good. Right. right. Like, I was yes. like, this is just what I did. You yes. know. And at the end of that panel, one lady came up to me. She said, "Hey, you probably have a group coaching program. I'd love to be a part of it." My face was like, uh. I do now. I was like, yes. You know, <laughs> in fact, I'm so glad you asked because we are exactly. actually starting a, a beta program. That's it. Very hands-on, right? It's starting a beta program. And she was like, I'm in, right? How much is it? I'm in, right? And I said oh, a number. She's like, I'm immediately, she said, yes. My first thought was, should have went higher. Right? Should have went higher. higher. That's right. Too low a number, Jay. Too, no, too low a number. Like, are you going to come to dinner? Like, let's send me the things uh, and, and let's go to wow. dinner. And I was like, you know, actually, uh, I have a call that I have to... Yeah. To get to, I'm going to meet you after drinks, right? Mm-hmm. I'll meet you for drinks after dinner. How about that? You right. Know, celebrate. Right. And I went home, walked home, you know, jogged home. Right. And I literally Googled, and this is like, it seems funny looking back, but I Googled like how to create like an invoice in yes. PayPal. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know how to do that. Right. How yeah. do, how do I like, what's the outline? I had the outline kind of written out already. So right. I had the intentions of doing it, but I didn't know where these sales, where these people were going to come from. Yeah. And so I said, you know what? I'm, I'm not leaving here until I get at least another, another person, right? Oh, so this person's in, 
Yeah. There's 200 something people here. Could I not work this audience a little more? Right. They just yeah. saw me do this. So anyways, long story short, I ended up leaving, flying on the flight, coming back from Tampa to uh, Toronto. I had about four to five beta clients Wow. That, that paid like, it was like something, it was nothing, right? It was like five, yeah. 600, you know, oh, but way I remember, low. right. Like way low, like, <laughs> way low, Jay. Way low. Thinking, wow. Like that just happened. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, they're, they're going through the PayPal link, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we ended up getting a few more. So we did our first beta about 10, 12 people. You know what I mean? We doubled the price for the second one, right? Yeah. A little smarter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Another yeah. 10, 12 people. We didn't double the price again, but we went higher for the third one. Yes. Right. And then we automated the course. Yeah. Right. And so then we had this asset now. So now every single day we're running ads to, there's a certain sequence that they go through where they, they have an opportunity to buy right. at the course. And, and this just became one automated stream, right? And so that's part of the genesis. I wanted to go into it a little bit. Yes, for sure. Because I think a lot of times it really just comes back to, are you listening? Yeah. You know what I mean? This lady right in front of me. And this, like, I had hints before then, right? She was like, I want to do exactly what you're doing. Show me everything with your podcast. I will launch within three, four months. Right. Right. And I was like, okay, we could do this. I could teach you that, yes. right? And we could, I could create value for that person, yeah. you know? So it just comes back to, are you creating value? What value are you creating in the world? Mm-hmm. And really, are you listening to your audience to figure out what's that next thing? Yeah, because it's interesting, Jay. I know when, uh, well, sorry, I didn't go to business school, but, uh, but again, in, in the books that I read, et cetera, pretty much so often. Anyone, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But one of the things they say is, is, you know, determine what the client wants and create what the client wants. And, and, but, but really, it really is hard to just go, oh, this is what they need. No, it's, but when they're just telling you, like, they're, here's what they want. Again, listening. I know that just keeps coming up and uh, coming up leaders, you know, just, just the, I need to listen to what people have to say. Right. And you could have just been closed off to that or going in a different direction, but instead, hey, this is a value that we can offer to the marketplace. And then, and then one of the other things I hear you're doing is systemizing, packaging it. And then how do I keep getting better at it, you know, week over week, month over month? And again, delivering more value to your clients. Obviously, we're a client and a really, really happy client. And like you said, now, now again, you've got a system where, hey, we'll take your whole podcast edit it, you know, market it, promote it and handle it, uh, which is great because because we've got this amazing business. I don't want to take time away from coaching all the young leaders in my program, which will set my program back by doing this new program. I want this to be a plus plus. So, right. so, uh, so that's why I chose that. And, and, but again, you can see other businesses making other choices. So just offering those opportunities for people is great. Yeah. And one thing to add when you ask, so I, I spent a lot of time listening and I spent a lot of time asking, right? And it's not like podcasting was the first answer that came back. You right. know, people wrote in all sorts of things, right? Hey, I'm struggling with my relationship. Could you potentially help me with that? Right. You have a choice there. Can yes. you help them with that? Right. Could you actually right. provide them some value? Or if it's not really in your wheelhouse, could you point them down a different road? You know, different people were asking me, Hey, I'm trying to immigrate to Canada. You're in Canada. Could you help me with that? I go, right. well, yeah. Maybe I could, but I, I certainly don't know what that process looks like, right? So right. there's so many things I couldn't provide value on. I couldn't provide value. I couldn't answer those things. Right. Podcasting just happened to be one of those things I could answer. And I chose to provide value in that aspect, right? Mm-hmm. And now we listen to our clients once more, 
You know what I mean? We all, we're constantly listening and this is how the agency came about, right? This is right. how, like, it's, it's not because we had this grand vision and we wrote it on yeah. the vision board and, and no. we did all this every single day. We simply just chose mm. what it is that, how we could provide value. And we, and we matched that up with the audience that, that, right. that we were speaking to already. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually it goes onto your vision board. Because eventually yeah. you're going, okay, gets mentioned, gets mentioned. Okay, I think we're ready, right? And, yeah. and by the way, as well, I think as entrepreneurs, sometimes, again, there's a really great idea. There's a really great plan. Um, I know years ago we had made a, a, we'd been aware that we should get into window cleaning. Well, you know, it took, it took us a long time before it was right to do window cleaning before we were ready to go and really launch it in a really powerful way. And now we're doing millions of dollars worth of business and window cleaning. We weren't ready before. And sorry, uh, one other thing to share was we did launch it once and it didn't go well because we weren't ready. Like we Mm. weren't ready. So it's uh, 15 years ago we launched it and it just, we weren't ready yet. So it's the world asked and asked and asked, are you ready to create it? Are you ready to sort of actually own it and really, really create great value around it? Yeah. So what about biggest failures or mistakes? I always love, you know, obviously you're really, really making a huge impact right now, Jay, and things are really working for you. And so sometimes, you know, our young leaders can go, wow, you know, you know, that's, oh gosh, wish I was there, you know, et cetera. Gee, it seems so easy for him traveling. I'm not sure if people follow Jay at all, but in Italy, in Vancouver, and <laughs> uh, has a great relationship, super healthy, has all sorts of friends. Life's perfect for Jay and always has. But, you know, so what are some big setbacks or, or failures, Jay? I mean, I feel like I'm like, how much time do we have, Chris? <laughs> I feel like people, and you have come in contact with so many more entrepreneurs over the last years. Right. But my immediate thought when you asked that was like, well, like every day, like every day seems like we're not It's like, sure. Some days we're like, we have a great run. We have a great day. Right. But I'm really looking at this every day, every week, every month. We're looking at what we could do better, what we want to do less of. Right. Who we can bring in to kind of delegate out to. I would say the first couple years, though. That in itself, I felt like, yeah, it was a great learning experience. Yeah, we didn't make like nearly as much money. Like, you know, there was a moment I remember that happened last year that in one in 30 days or less, we we made more money than I did the first two years. combined. Right. It was like one of those moments of like, wow, like it's not because, you know what I mean? Like my intention wasn't good in those first two years, but I think just overcoming like that voice inside your head. I know you did a great episode. I don't know when this episode will come up, but I'm sure if people go back on the, on the list, they can listen to that episode of like that voice inside your head. You know what I mean? That tells you, you know, you're not maybe ready or good enough or what value do you have to give to the world? Like yeah. who's going to listen to you? Who's going to even pay you money? Like how are you going to even make money? Right? And some of these real questions, maybe your parents are right. Maybe your teachers are right. Maybe your friends are right. You know what I mean? You wake up every single day with so much fear, anxiety, and you're not exactly like you're ready, right? But internally you're freaking out, right? And I think going through that phase, starting to get a bit of traction over here, starting to to leverage your gifts more over here, building a team, building systems, right? Like it's it's just such a process, right? And, And it just brings me back to something I learned from Dan Sullivan, right? To make this little full circle for them. But he always said, you know, choose progress over perfection. Yeah. You know, and and so not to kind of go around your question, but like, I felt like we failed at so many things. We've wasted 
thousands, thousands, tens of thousands on Facebook ads, campaigns, on advertisements that didn't work. You right. know, we've, we've burnt relationships because we weren't ready for that relationship or for that right partnership. You know what I mean? I failed countless, I've done tons of talks where I left and it was a little more awkward than when I first came in. You know what I mean? Like I've done episodes where nobody really engages the content or like, of course, like all these things, right? You right. could think of it as, as a big failure. Um, but I, I, like the way I look at it is you're either winning or you're learning. You yes. know? Yeah, and so sure. there was a lot of learning <laughs> that mm-hmm. happened yeah. and there yeah. still is. Um, but that's part of the life and that's part of the business that we signed up for because we always want to be better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, and I get it. It's, it, you know, again, it's, it's great. I'm not surprised at all. You, you've just sort of just repackaged it. And again, it's kind of failing forward. It's like, oh no, hey, this is all just part of the process. And, and it is because no matter what, life's going to be hard. So it's yeah. like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to make it in the world. I'm committed. I'm, you know, saw what hope would be and it would win. And again, it hurts to put all sorts of Facebook ads or spend money. And we spent loads and loads of money and, and yeah. you know, all that totally didn't work. And, and it really hurts. And, and again, I think sometimes from an outsider's point of view, sometimes we say, oh yeah, but he's winning now. Well, hold on. You know, I, I think we all feel like we're walking on a tightrope sometimes, right? Yeah. And I don't think that's fair either because I don't think we are. But yeah. I think at times as an entrepreneur, you do feel that way. You do feel like, hey, it's, it's like this balancing act. If someone was, was looking at you, Jay, what key habits would they want to steal from you? What key habits or success secrets would, would they look to grab from you if they could? Okay, so the way to really answer this question is the big thing to grab from me is yeah. just to take bold, courageous, adventure, like adventurous types of actions, right? Okay. Like choose to take actions every day. You know right. what I mean? Um, there's the idea, we, we always talk about this with my students, is like there's the concept of getting 1% better, you yeah. know? Okay. And this goes back to uh, a case study. See, I learned this on one of my interviews, one of yeah. my interviews with James Clear. He brought I this up, for example, yeah, yeah, that where, where, he, where he talked about the British, you know, cycling team, right? And yes. how they were extremely, extremely average, right? right? And average to the point that like people that when it was time to upgrade their bikes and, and what have you and their clothes, like the companies didn't even want to be associated with them, right? right. So ah, very, very average, pretty bad. Below average pretty bad. Yes. Bad, okay. Like if you're in the cycling or whatever, whatever, that's bad, right? Yes. And they brought in this guy, I don't remember what his name was, but he had this concept of 1% better. And so what, right. what does that mean? They, they were like, okay, let's get your sleep 1% better. What's the huh. best type of pillow that we can bring on the road with us, right? Let's get your recovery time 1% better. You know, right. what, what type of gel can we put on your muscles so that it would heal up the, the cuts or the, the soreness a lot quicker. You know, yeah. what type of suit or thing could we wear to make you a little more aerodynamic so you can lose a couple more seconds, right? What's right. the seat on the bike? How do we get that, you know, 1% better? Oh, what about the tires? Can we get that yeah. one, right? So they're just looking at everything and how to increase everything by, by 1%. Long story short, they ended up in the last few Olympics just cleaning up on the, on, on the, on the metals, right? 60, 70% of total gold medals went to this team. And it's because they had this belief. And so going back to to my thought, it's like, if you could just take action every day, if you could just do a little bit better, 1% every day, but you have to be in the game, right? I'm a big believer of frequency. I'm a big believer that I'm just one of those individuals. Like I just need to be at bat, whether it's justified or not, but I feel like I'm not necessarily that good. Right? right. But it's because I'm willing to warm up more. It's because I'm willing to be at bat more. 
right? right? And if you give me that frequency, if you give anybody that frequency, once in a while, like you only got to be right once or twice, you know what I mean? An entire lifetime of business. And that really can be that difference for you, right? right. So that would be one kind of like core belief, like core value of mine. The other way of looking at this is from a high performance standpoint, um, meaning, you know, are you sleeping? Like, are you getting optimized sleep? Are you drinking right. enough water? Are you getting up, you know, every now and then to breathe and, and walk around to get the blood flow going? I, I'm a big believer in all those like mini habits, right? Mm-hmm. All, almost like the, the whole common sense is not common practice, right? Yes. Everybody knows they need to drink water. Everybody knows they should be doing deeper breaths and, yeah. you know, relax and meditating and, and sleep. Yeah. People know these things, right? But are, are you doing them? Are you executing on them? So I, I make it a big practice of, you know, drinking a couple of liters of water every day, getting the right amount of sleep. That really does make a difference from the consistency in terms yes. of energy long-term. Um, that would be another thing that I'd bring up for sure. Two really, really great uh, pieces. I, I know, uh, you know, back to the, the strategic coach, one of the things they talk about is a unique process. So creating a unique mm. process in your business. And, and so that's what we've done in our business is, is every stage in your business, this is how we do things. And then following on from that is when you're complete every stage, how did we do? How was that? And again, how can we get 1% better? How can we just improve? How can we improve again? So, so running into trainings this coming weekend, how can we be better than last year? We will be, by the way, because we've made already improvements so that we will be. And then again, that'll be the next level of success to get better at the next year and the next event and the next event. So it's always, Michael Dell talks about, you know, happy, but never satisfied. Always yeah, looking yeah, yeah. for that next little bit. So I think that's just a great piece, Jay, to share. So thank you so much. Um, so one final question, because I know you've been so gracious with taking your time and we're running over time, but thank you. And so when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what mm. comes to mind? I think of someone challenging the status quo, not just accepting that they were born into this community. So this is the ceiling of, of where they can go, or right. they're this certain ethnic group. And this yeah. is where, you know, like I'm, I'm Asian, right? Some people yeah. might not be able to tell. I mean, you probably could tell, but right. if you're just listening to this. You wouldn't know. But yes. I remember growing up and sharing some of my visions, my dreams with my parents or, or, or people in, in our community. People are like, well, no, we want you to be an accountant. Yeah. We want you to be a doctor. Right? Yeah. We want you to be a lawyer. We want you to be something of substance yes. so we can share it with our friends, right? Yes. Okay, yes. You've got to be good at math. You've got to be terrible at driving, right? Like they're just <laughs> stories. Yes. Right? And I know Chris and I, we, we could talk about stories in yes. a whole separate episode, but it's when I think of a leader of tomorrow, it's that person that chooses which stories that they're going to create for themselves, right? It's not to buy in into any preconceived story that's not yours, right? Any belief that's not yours. It's literally going back, cleaning the plate, you know, clean and saying, what do I believe in? What is right. it that I stand for? If I can stand for only one thing, what would that be? Right. And so when I think of the leader of tomorrow, that's someone who's willing to do that work because it's not easy. No, right? it's easy to say, but it's not easy because you're going to have to let go of some people. Right. You're going to have to let some things like slide when you're engaging in certain conversations. Maybe yeah. it's with your parents. Maybe right. it's with your spouse or a teacher or someone you really care about. Right. But you have to be willing to choose the life that you want. And, and that's what makes you a leader of tomorrow. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, Jay, I love it. That's so powerful. You've given uh, so much to our leaders today, so much wisdom, so many nuggets. And um, I'm going to be calling you again because uh, you're going to be on our podcast in the future again, because I know you're just, you're, you're just really great at this and you just really speak to our audience so well. Again, thank, thanks for being uh, part of the creation of the Leaders of Tomorrow and thanks for being part of the ongoing success of it. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Chris. This was awesome. And, uh, oh, if anybody got any value, any takeaways from this, please let us know. We'd love to know. Let us know on the, on the, the summer management page and, uh, reach out to Chris and, and let him know what you got from this. Awesome. Yes. Thank you. And again, tune into Jay's podcast at the interchange maker. Awesome. Talk to you soon, Jay. Talk soon. Hey leaders. We've got a ton more interviews like this one coming up in the next few weeks. So if you're listening and you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe to Leaders of Tomorrow. If you enjoy our content, please give us a share on your Facebook feed or better yet, tell your three most driven and entrepreneurial friends about this podcast so they can join us in discovering what set these powerful business leaders apart from the crowd at such a young age.